0: An unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth podcast. Save me a piss.
1: On Taking Sides, The Marriage Podcast listeners send in their relationship questions and disputes and current disagreements. Hosts Dallin and Ashley Seeley, known as the Dashleys on Facebook and YouTube, then take sides and offer their opinion on the matter. The goal of this podcast is not to be divisive, but rather to learn to come together, gain tools for making a relationship work, and to learn that the best side to take is the one you come up with together. And to also learn to disagree without being disagreeable. Sometimes it helps to know that you're not alone, and other couples have experienced the same issues as you do. If you would like to have your relationship questions answered, send your questions to taking sides with the D. Ashleys at gmail.com. To hear your questions answered on the next episode of Taking Sides. Dash the marriage podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So, if you want to just introduce yourself, your name. Um, okay, great. Go ahead whenever you're ready. Oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Everyone has an awkward moment when I do that. Um, so okay, <laughs> no. Go ahead.
0: Hey, Angie, this is Amy in Atlanta. I'm so excited to be on. My ugly truth is exposed in uh, 300 pages. Um, my book of the book of failures and then a follow-up book where all a mess it's okay so I'm on the same page as you when you tell your truth it releases something and oftentimes it makes people dra- laugh and or it makes people cry but it always helps other people so thank mm. you for having me
1: no thank you I appreciate you um being on there and I saw your website and everything that you know you are representing and and I the fact that you also are in comedy that that i love it because um i don't think i'm funny at all but people like to comment on my stuff they're like your episode about the booze and 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 boobs episode was so funny i'm like <laughs> it's just i don't know i guess i just like to laugh at myself because i might as well because my life sometimes can be a joke
0: <laughs> i know well that's so you know i don't i i rarely meet a comic that hasn't had like some traumatic childhood Right. And you know it's a survival technique. It's a, I mean you, you, you make, for a lot of men. I couldn't get my words out. Sorry. For men, sometimes like they're getting picked on, they're small or whatever, and they use it. Like think of Kevin Hart. You know, right. it's a survival tactic. Or maybe your parents are wolves and they're horrible, and that's just how you. Uh, some people deal with it. And um, and so there's a lot of sad comics out there, but they're so funny because it's the truth. What they say is the truth.
1: Right. And actually, they, they say that a lot of comedians actually have a very um prawn I don't know if they're more prone to depression, but. They're there's always a soft side of them, and that makes them a
0: comedian. Yes, because imagine going up there, and you're, it's kind of like what you do, very similar, where you're just, you're just allowing yourself to be very vulnerable, and um, and and them the the comics even more so because they're in a live environment and so it's either going to work or not work so I totally embrace your whole philosophy of you know if it doesn't kill you it makes you stronger and you I I just read today and I thought of you actually and it was like it was this great meme and it or gif or something and it said something like you know your worst moment is going to end up in the survival guide of someone else yeah that's crazy
1: you're the third person who's actually about that quote is it the one that's like a chalk on the sidewalk yes yes you're the third person who's it came from this. a book
0: I looked it up and a woman that's a version of it it's actually from this famous book and I, I can't remember off the top of my head and it's a little bit slightly different but
1: that's because so you know I'm always
0: careful before I post something I'm like does this belong to anyone
1: right copyright <laughs> yeah
0: I think that's such a great and it's so true it is. It really
1: is. I had to um reach out to my audience not too long ago because I'm trying to transition this podcast into motivation speaking for women. The pe- the company I'm working with to try to start that for 2020, they're like, you need to find out what your audience wants. And I actually reached out and I asked, um, what would you want like out of this if you were to like spend your time and money, you know, to come see this? And I agree. I would rather hear. Someone experienced and what, how they got out of it, that was experienced in it, not a licensed therapist. You know. Uh, yes.
0: You know, expose that. You like release shame and you help other people like that's right. And what actually, it
1: um, that's so true. You know, I'm, I'm an open book. I, I overshare way too much sometimes. But that's just who I am. And I, I guess maybe it's a vulnerability. I don't know. But I've always got put down about it my whole life. Like, don't be so open. Don't you shouldn't be so trusting. You shouldn't tell people these things. And I'm like, why? Now I'm like, why? Why do I have to be like that? I mean, everyone's fake on social media, but and everyone tries to act like their best life. But why do I have to be like that? I want to show people the real because that's what people relate
0: with. Yeah, my best material is always about my husband and me getting in fights, or my dad telling me I'm not special, or my kids. <laughs> my right. Kid. It's always the good ones. I know yeah. I in my
1: analytical reports and I'm like okay so what does my audience want I'm like oh they want to go to the biggest heartbreaks I've ever had in my life that's great
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so relatable and it's inspiring because it's like oh okay wait a minute if she can survive that I can survive that too
1: Uh, yeah I had a listener she was literally starting from episode one and she was like you know I'm going through pretty much she was going through something I went through two years ago and she was just like uh, every day every other day she was messaging me she's like Oh my god, she's laughing about a certain episode, and I'm like looking to see which one she's talking about, and it's just so nice to actually get that feedback too, to know that you someone's listening to it and like yeah. you're laughing or berating or like, oh my god, I know what you mean by this and this touched me. You know, it's just that literally just gives me such a high. I know
0: that's awesome. I'm you know in the book business, so it's so exciting. Like I got a great review today, and you know she's like this is so funny and it made me feel better about me and right. and all that stuff. Right now on Twitter, my pin tweet, um, I just followed the podcast on Twitter. But um, my pin tweet says something like, uh, you know, it's got a picture of the book of failures and the link. And then it says, the book of failures has 200 phenomenal reviews and 20 horrible reviews. But those people were probably just in a bad mood. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or, or they just think you're, you know, oversharing or whatever. It's like, okay, well then get out of here.
0: Or and they think my that life? my life is too good to have failures. It's called the book of failures. And they're like, you live in the suburbs. And it's, they, they make it like a socioeconomic thing. And I'm like, first of all, I'm not really, Rich. Right. And second of all, it doesn't matter if somebody's telling you a story about pooping their pants you know what I mean or falling down a it flight of stairs you,
1: you have to relate because you didn't poop on your pants
0: yeah You're, exactly so it's just it used to hurt my feelings but now I'm kind of like and ah, I just caught them in a bad mood you know it just wasn't what they're looking for yeah, just gotta got let a, it go
1: I got, I got a review on um, iTunes podcast uh, there's no like actual bio that they wrote thank you Jesus but they gave me a one star and I'm like that must be somebody that's in my stories <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: anyways but um, how did you- with
0: first? Did you start with comedy? Did you start with the book? Like, where did you start with first? I started with comedy first. My sister entered me into the Funniest Moms in America contest in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And you had to send, this is so long ago, you had to send in, like, literally a VHS tape. So, so isn't that hilarious? So then I went to the Funny Bone or something. It was in Roswell, Georgia. And I didn't win, but it was so fun. It became addicting. It was stand-up comedy. That so feeling, fun. yeah. It's so fun. But the people that did win were professional female comedians. And they should have won. Because they're professional. I mean, I was an amateur as the first time I I had ever done it, mm-hmm. and then um later in life I took a class, and that was fun. And so now I'm, I'm trying to develop an hour worth of content. So I try to do like ten minutes of material, and of that ten, always add like three minutes of new material, so I can keep growing my right. my set. But anyway, so that's that's the thing that I did first. Then I wrote a screenplay called hashtag fake mom and it's a um it's a female centric comedy kind of like a bridesmaids <laughs> and uh, how to lose a guy in ten days kinda like right. that yeah and um that is a saga in itself I couldn't get a producer and then I couldn't get any money and then I did get a producer that used to work for Dreamworks and I got a million dollars and then in Georgia the um abortion um, heartbeat legislation surfaced and so our we had four Hollywood investors and they pulled. Mm. And so then I lost the money on that. But meanwhile, before I had the uh, money for that, I was talking to this attorney and he's an entertainment attorney. And he's like, you can't just waltz into Hollywood. You're a mom, you know, with a screenplay. You need to like write a book or something. And I was like, mm-hmm. what am I supposed to write a book about? And he goes, write what you know. And I was like, I have had a lot of failures. And so that's why <laughs> I, I wrote the book.
1: Yeah, no. And then it's funny you saying that because um, I'm actually working, like I was saying, I was working with somebody and they're like, you got to find, you know, what you're good at, what your experience and then go with that. I'm like, well, I can talk about so many things. I don't know. Like I can talk about, cause I've been, I mean, I'm 33. I've been divorced twice. My third engagement, he left the month before my wedding like just I saw down that in the car ghosted yeah um that was two years ago and I mean I went I lost everything I lost my job and I had the best job then and then I couldn't afford my apartment I lost my apartment and then I got in a car and I lost my car and I just literally couldn't even get out of bed before all that happened I had a child custody battle and Um, I'm actually really good friends with my kid's stepmom and like stuff like that. And I'm like, I can talk about
0: anything. Like, you're like, what do you want to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) But it makes you, don't you think? It makes you so um, you give people a lot of grace. Probably, you know what I mean? Right, because
1: in that moment when you're going through something, you're like, I wish I would have been able to hear someone's story that I could relate with, because that would have made my world.
0: Yes, and you don't know what somebody's... Like, you show up at work, and everybody's dressed up or whatever, and you don't know what's going on on in somebody's home. home life. Yes, or with their kids or whatever. And so I think if people are sheltered from... Life or shelter from failures. Um, I had a girlfriend like that. She just lived this, like, I mean, it was just almost perfect, this perfect life. And then you better believe when it, something happened and what you and I would probably think was a minor blip, it just took her down because she wasn't, right. she just, she just kind of didn't have any, uh, thick skin to withstand it. So, Right, know. And sometimes I, I feel like different. also you
1: when you get like brought all the way to rock bottom, Like I actually put a meme up and, and everyone loved it. I was like, so when you think rock bottom is your lowest, a uh, rock bottom has a basement. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and, <laughs> and it's basement. flooding. The basement yes. is flooding. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: you don't live in Florida because in Florida we don't have basements. You live up north. So <laughs> <go> <laughs> after that. no, and it's true because like I feel like once you go rock bottom, you just you have to pull. Like, I mean, it was hard, but you had to pull yourself out to get back up and you know even when you don't even want to or you're like why but I, I think that that's just, you know, what pushes us. And I, I think the world is so looked down on to be authentically yourself. I feel like people are, like, not supposed to show yourself. That's, like, the
0: old-fashioned way. Oh, yeah, that's how my mother would be, like, <gasps> My <mom> what? Too. <gasps> yes, don't oh, ever air you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. She doesn't actually speak that way because we're from Ohio, but that's in my <laughs> mind. That's how she speaks. <laughs> that's
1: so funny. Oh, no, yeah, my mom's the same way. She's like, sometimes you just don't need to say that much on your podcast. I'm like, well, that's my life, so... Uh, that's that's what it is. Some I think you're supposed to be like step for wise, like in the past 10 years. That's like the image you're supposed to be. Step for wise, the perfect wife, the perfect mom. Like and like you said, you you've done the hashtag fake mom. Yeah, hashtag fake mom. yeah. yeah my like, I like, only
0: need one million dollars, Angie. There's people out there. One million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: and as moms like I'm a single mom I go to parent teacher conference with my kids stepmom and she has like a binder and she's got highlighters and I'm just there with my phone like okay what's what's the notes that I need to write in here like it doesn't make <laughs> me a bad mom it just makes me a real mom I don't know so I everyone's different but I feel like we all need to be ourselves
0: yes Unless I you're try. an ass hat, then don't be yourself. <laughs> yeah.
1: Then try to change.
0: <laughs> try to be somebody else.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or act like you're somebody else. So then they told you
0: write a book and then you came up with a failure book. Yeah, the book of failures. And um so every Friday on social media, I used to put a fail, like hashtag Friday fail. My friend Kaori actually suggested that. it. And then I'd put one of my own failures. And it, normally they weren't from the book. Sometimes they were, but sometimes they're just from everyday life. You know, I put like um, – one time I put um, – I burned dinner and then I had a picture. And it wasn't like I burned dinner, like I overcooked it. It was like literally the noodle box was too close to the gas. And so the <laughs> noodle box caught on fire. And so I had like you know <laughs> picture of the noodle box on fire. And then um, – what happened was people started commenting on their funny weeks like, oh, you want to hear what happened in my week? And and they were so funny that I started reaching out to those people and say, oh, my gosh, may I have the story or may, may I get the rest of the story? And, you know, can, may I edit it? And, um, and this, this, so then I had so much material. I wrote another book. You know, the second one called We're All a Mess, It's Okay. And that's other people's failures. The first story in that book, it just makes me laugh. It's so gross. But my friend <laughs> Kim Banta, she's an actor in Atlanta. I cannot believe she let me use her name. But she uh, told me the story about how she was on a date I mean, when she was a teenager. And go, she went to this fancy house. It was like, you know, historically significant. And, you know, the, the guy's like a judge, like the, the boy's dad or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're very fancy. Mm-hmm. And she said, it's like the mom got a recipe for every single gassy food in America. <laughs> it's like beans and broccoli and, you oh, know, God. All, all onions. And it's not asparagus
1: to make your piece milk.
0: Go ahead. Right? And she's like, I was about ready to explode. And they're like, okay, well, you know, uh, it's time to go home. So they were taking her home, you know, she's a teenager and it's like this big fancy, think of like the black and white tile, you know, fancy floor and, you know, there's double doors and then going back the hall is the restroom. So she goes back to the restroom and she's turning on the water and flushing the toilet, flushing the toilet and flush because, you know, she's having a situation and She broke the toilet and all of a sudden she turns around and there's a poo floating and in a panic, there's no window, there's not even a trash can. In a panic, she puts it in her purse. (laughs) Oh, no. And she goes, and she tells me, she goes, how long do you think it takes for a fresh poo to stink up a, you know, 1975, you know, Cadillac? I will give you the answer immediately. And I mean, I'm just like. That's probably something I would do like I would be so mortified yeah, to come like, out and be like that? I stopped up your toilet and meanwhile like there's <laughs> my water in there. Yeah. Yes. So the water's overflowing and the dad's like what's happening in there and she's like oh no so that's the first story but there's all kinds of stories like people that were like almost murdered one of those
1: days because i actually posted something months ago and it was like what's one of your most embarrassing stories and somebody today on instagram just commented on that post and they said um when i was in the fifth grade i shit in my pants and i'm like, like Oh wow! Like this post is really late, but okay. If you you felt like sharing that, okay, like it is. But I love when people actually tell you like some truth. Like it's everyone can relate. It's funny. I mean, not everyone has shit in their pants, but it just. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's also tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. It can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimal listens. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And don't forget to subscribe to My Ugly Truth Podcast. Like it's funny. To, like I, I love comedy. When I go on cruises or anything, I make sure I get the shows and the times. I'm a, I'm a huge person about going to comedy shows. Why not? Who doesn't like to laugh? You know.
0: I know that's the best thing about having, you know, humorous books. Uh, like people will write to me and they say, oh my gosh, you know, this was happening in my life. My you know husband's sick and I just got the first medical bill. It's $60,000. Oh. And the same day I got the bill, I got your book in the mail. And it, for, you know, for 20 minutes... I laughed, and it just took me away, and it was an escape. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing that like I'm so drawn to funny movies, and just like you, I love stand-up, you know, comedy, watching mm-hmm. that on TV or going live, and so it just gives your mind a break. Like you need to, um, right. you need to renew your mind. Like some people criticize, like that's not a serious work, and I'm like, even if you're saving the world, you need a break from saving the world or you can't you get burned out
1: to laugh it just feels good to laugh about something especially if you're going through something you're just laughing you're like oh wow I you know I can feel good for just a couple minutes
0: yes I met a woman the other day that worked for a state psychiatric unit oh gosh and she's so loving and so caring and she's like you know We get, you know, portrayed as not caring about the patients, but we really do. And we have this great staff. She's like, but I'm not going to lie. She goes, after work, you just, you have to tell the stories or you you have to because you would implode. I'm like, you have to write a book. You have to write a book. She never would because it's, you know, such a confidentiality breach, even if it was anonymous. So
1: you came out with your second book, you said. Was that the last
0: one? Yeah, that's it. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like, once you have enough material, maybe I'll write another one, but I'm not actively after that. I, you know, the, the lawyer, the entertainment lawyer that said he wouldn't represent me is like, you have to get a lot of press. So I would just went on this mission. I booked myself on this great morning show called Atlanta company, you know, out of Atlanta. And, um, you know, they did like a three minute interview or whatever. And then they asked me if I could stay at the end. They have like a round table, kind of like the view, but nicer ladies, no politics mm-hmm. or screaming at each other. It's just real That's, positive, kind of like mommy issues or whatever. Yeah. Issues. So I did that. And now they've invited me back almost every other Tuesday for two years. Oh, wow. Nice. And so it's been That's so, awesome. yeah, it's been so fun. And then from that, another, host, uh, television host from the UI networks, like, Hey, be a guest. And then, Hey, I'm going out of town. Can you fill in and be the host? And I was like, sure. And then eventually that led to, would you like to do your own show? And I was like, okay. So, um, my, uh, co-host Gina Riles and I, we started this little show called In the burbs. Mm-hmm. and um it's really fun and and you can watch it you know on a uh, bench tv or it streams on our facebook page in the burbs or on the ui media app.com and mm-hmm. um or you can listen you know on spreaker or soundcloud or whatever but it's been really fun and we have like you know like you we have like interesting guests and we talk mm-hmm. about we talk about real issues in a funny way right no
1: that's good okay i'm gonna have to check that out and like i'm gonna have to get that information for me so i can post that in the bio of the um, podcast
0: episode of course thank you yeah it's really fun we don't know what's gonna happen every
1: week
0: no 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 oh my gosh i could never i write i'm the writer so it's a lot of content so it's every other week almost every like twice a month every other wednesday yeah
1: that's awesome oh wednesdays too there you go
0: yeah wednesdays at 4 (laughs) p.m
1: nice okay well that's that's awesome when'd you start that
0: well, let's see. Next week, November 20th is our sixth show. Oh, so, you know, we've only been doing it for a couple of months, three months. But you you know, you we, have a yeah, we have. A, I do have a co-host. Gina Riles is her name. And she's really funny. And we're, but we're opposite, like the way we raise our kids and the way just the way we are. We're just so opposite. You know, I was, um, you know, corporate America for 20 years. And, you know, she We're just so different. But like, I think that makes for a good talk show because we don't agree on everything. But that's okay. You and know, there's it's like, different
1: prospects. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah it's no, like I and, respect um, everything actually, she did. Yeah, just because we didn't do it the same way.
1: Like, me and my kid's stepmom um, worked completely, like, night and day opposites, and she started a blog called Blended Nest, and it talks about in a good relationship with their parenting as a step parent and as well with like with the actual biological mom and with the kids and where to step in and when not when not. And she is completely opposite of me. She's very humble. She's quiet. She does not react like I do. <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> it's actually nice because, you know, there's two different ways. If me and her, we talk about it. I always say, you know, it's like I'm the little devil and she's the little angel on the short. But I mean it's just different ways of how people can relate.
0: Oh absolutely. Yeah, and your kids see that. Your kids see those sides of that. And there's, right. and there's positive and negative. No, we have three girls. We're blended as well. So I have one oh. biological child, Anna. She's 16. And then my husband has um three. He has uh, two uh, girls and a son. So we're blended. Um, uh, well, oh, that's a
1: lot of kids. If I, if I ever get married with someone with kids, it's going to be, you know, the Brady Bunch.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. I would I would recommend my husband and I both would be like, you know, just buy like houses close to each other and then go on dates and then go home. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stressful. Anyone that has – it's so funny in my books I do talk about being – it's just so hard being a stepmom is so – it's so yeah. hard.
1: Oh, and um, Her name is Mallory, and, and um, if you want to check out her, it's called Belinda Ness, and she just started this blog, and she's got some good content on there, but, you know, the first year, I mean, I gave her help because I, I wasn't comfortable, and my, my youngest was only, you know, six months old and we divorced, so I was like, oh, God, my kids are going to grow up, and they're going to think, like, I'm not their mom. I don't know why this image is, you know, why I had that in my head, so at first, it was very difficult, but then once I realized how good she was to my kids, and I was like, you know, I, I don't have to be like that. And I actually, you know, saw what a good person she was. And it wasn't I could tell it wasn't fake. And, and then, you know, now seven years, we've been divorced for eight years, and they're remarried, they had a daughter. And I'm like, of course, you would have the daughter, because I have two brothers and two sons. And I'm like, oh, surrounded by men. But um, <laughs> yeah, so she she's a great person. And she's so good at my kids. And she started this blog. And her blog talks about, Don't always feel like you have to like prove yourself for the mom. It's true, and I and I told her, I'm like, get some thick skin because you're gonna get some people that are biological moms that are gonna react. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So and it's you know
0: even if you I mean it sounds like she's a great um a great person. I remember when you know how in Atlanta we're in Georgia when you get divorced you have to go through a a class. And I'll never forget. Yeah. Oh, good. Well, I'll never forget the woman's like, she started, she opened with this, which I thought was so perfect. Um, she's like, I just want to tell you that your soon to be ex or your ex will remind you of why they are your ex for the rest of your life. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're getting divorced for a reason and, and knowing that, okay, so now you're divorced. So you have handled that piece of it. So don't, you know, have, um, a grudge for the rest of your life. And even if somebody is a stepmom or stepdad and you don't really love the way they are with your kids, you know, it's like, it's like worry about yourself. It's so people get so bitter and so tangled up in that it it really puts the kids in the middle and gives them a lot of stress. And so it's just like, try to give the other person unless, you know, as much grace as possible, which I know is hard, but, um, you know, that's just right. part of that's part of it, because if you're all still up in their business, it's like you've got a lot of unsettled emotions in yourself, because if you're really like, this is the best thing that we're separated, we're divorced, you um you distance yourself from it. It's it, it's actually indifference. You know what I mean? You don't really care about it.
1: Right. About and I feel anymore. like. For me being the female um, and, and for me being the one that divorced him, because um, I think the women who are bitter are the ones that are left or cheated on and stuff like that. And then it gets more difficult. But yeah, I agree. Like the, the new girlfriend or the new wife is not, should not hold anything accountable for her, your ex. Like it just, I just don't, you know, you shouldn't like go against her because of what he did or anything like that.
0: Yeah. It's so hard. It's so tricky. It the whole thing it is, is tricky it
1: And is. I admire be-
0: anyone that tries to blend and, you know, um, if you know someone going through a divorce and it, this is like the case 99% of the time, you, you just fear, you don't want to break up your family. You don't want to break up your family. Yeah. You so you just do anything to try to make it work. And then nine times out of 10, after the divorce, like a year later, you're like, why did I stay in that situation for five years, 10 years, or however long you stayed? You're like, oh my gosh, but I guess you walk away saying, I really tried to do everything that I could do. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's, and then you can move on, I guess, but so many people like you see it and I see it and I'm like, you have to get away from that person. Right. (laughs) And you have your, your son or daughter, you have your child. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So
1: you're married to someone um, and you have a blended family.
0: Yeah. It's a unique situation. My husband's wife passed away at 33. She was really young. Oh, that's um, my
1: age. Wow.
0: Yeah. And she had, um, they had three little kids, like two, four, and five. And then I, when I met them, the youngest was, you know, they were like eight, 11, and 12 or something. In one way, it was kind of interesting because they're like, mom. But on the other hand, it was like, they were so emotionally ready for a mom, but I wasn't emotionally ready for kids. I don't, I don't know how to say right, that other than right. that. It's like they were so starved to have a mom and right. I love all of them, but it was like all of a sudden they're, somebody's calling your mom. You're like, what's happening? Um, and right. there were so many of them, <laughs> there were so many changes <laughs> so going many on at once, you know, that it was probably the hardest summer.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and they only had one part time and my ex-husband and I shared custody of my daughter because, um, I was a corporate trainer. And so I traveled about 50% of the time. And so literally I went from full-time working with a part-time, you know, child responsibilities,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I have. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, not working for a short period of time and four children in the and summer. Full-time. And my, right. my husband's <laughs> like, um, and I normally send my children to summer camp, but you know, like you're home. So, and I was like, oh yeah, that'll be fine. And yeah. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to kill all of these little kids.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sometimes when school starts, I think the moms are much happier.
0: Yeah, but now, you know, now the kids are older, you know, Savannah, the oldest one, she is like 21, getting ready to be 22. And she's so sweet, you know, within um, a few months of going to college, you know, um, if you were my mom, if you were really my mom, you would be my best friend. You would let me do this. You would do this. And um, I would say, I know I'm not your best friend. I'm your mom. I'm not right. your best friend. And she, I was like, call your grandma, call your aunts and uncles. I assure you that's not the relationship that your mom would have had with you either. and um she went away to college and I don't know what happened but within a few months she called me and she's like you know what I get that and the the kids where their moms are their best friends they have it's it's really weird and the mom's kind of like trying too hard and yeah um it it, it's um she's like I'm so glad you 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 separated that (laughs) and so now you know once you learn that then you can almost have a friendship with your kids because they're they're over that. You know, it's not like I'm disciplining her anymore. You know, she's a grown woman. So Right. It's good. No,
1: that's awesome. And I mean that's it's good you have a good relationship with them, especially the girls. I feel I dated someone with um daughters and that I felt like the girls were the hardest ones.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, they were um they they're really sweet. They just had a lot to deal with with their, you know, with their situation that they they had. So, but they're good. They're, you know, two of them are in college now and, uh, one of them's getting ready to go next year. So it's good.
1: So, so you've been on in Atlanta the whole since forever or are you, are you no, I
0: grew up in the, um, Midwest. I grew up in the heart. Like if you, um, Angie, if you took a map of the rust belt <laughs> and then over the map of the rust belt, if you put the map of the region of Appalachia, uh, that's where I live. I, I grew up in Southern Ohio, which is like, really oh, um it's so funny if you look it up they're like it's an area prone for violence and moonshine
1: oh that <laughs> sounds like the, the intro of a movie
0: i know but the um maybe i'll open my i'm trying to i'm studying to do a ted talk maybe i'll open my ted talk with that it's an area it's
1: uh, not bro- Ohio <laughs> <South> Ohio. <laughs>
0: I actually have a lot of people
1: from Ohio, Ohio and Michigan that listen to my podcast. And hello, you know, Ohio. Yeah. Right. And um,
0: yeah, um, I grew up in this small, you know, poor area of the world. But um, my little tiny town uh, was established like it, you know, it's one of the first territories in that area. And um, Dayton,
1: Dayton and oh, um, Dayton, um, Dayton, yeah. yeah.
0: I've That's been there a, mm-hmm. in Columbus
1: and then uh, Cleveland, obviously, but, yeah, um, those yeah, are... those three are like about 37%. I'm like, Oh, Oh, oh awesome.
0: wow. Oh, and, nice two, and then you moved to Atlanta. Yeah. Um, my parents, um, my parents had, had, uh, divorced and, uh, so I went to, I graduated from, um, Ohio state. And then when I graduated, I, my mom had uh, moved to atlanta and i was like you know i lived in ohio my whole life so i'm just gonna kind of change it up there's also a huge boyfriend breakup in there in the middle of that angie i'm gonna be honest with you i'm like i'm out of here <laughs> yeah right no i get that it's, it's funny how say, it always works out they,
1: yeah they say the best way to move on is to move away so and i agree with that. I'm stuck <laughs> that's here not though, what my
0: so hairdresser says she says the best way to get over one man is Get under another, shall we yeah, say? Yeah,
1: yeah, well. I've heard of that. I, sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> so, who are the ladies that it's on the cover of your your recent book?
0: Oh, oh, those are so on the front cover. Mm-hmm. That is, um, the blonde is my neighbor uh, Becky Robinson, and she she actually works on PR. And thank you, Becky Robinson. She's helped me. With a few things, um, like getting uh, my book and on a lot of magazine covers and in the Atlanta Journal Constitution. So bless her heart. And then next to her is uh, my friend Kaori who lives in my neighborhood. That's a real alpaca that you see. I rented him <laughs> from um, Atlanta. Yeah, everyone's like, "Did you Photoshop that in there?" I'm like, "No, it was." Um, he was
1: part of the photo shoot.
0: <laughs> it was. It was literally Atlanta casting, animal casting. There's a wrangler. If you're looking at the book, there's actually a rope. They they photoshopped it out, but there's a Wrangler with a rope laying down behind the couch. And it was a really nice alpaca. And then <laughs> left is one of my um best friends, Shannon Krogman, and on the on the back is a whole b a whole group of uh my my posse, my girlfriends. My my best, oh, best awesome. girlfriends on the right, Sharon and my friend Jen Pate that I've known for twenty years, and my friend Rachel. So there's Brooke. She's from a podcast. Uh, Married AF is on there as well. <laughs> Married so, AF,
1: that's yeah. cute. No, that's awesome. I think that's great. It's you need your supporters, you know, especially when you're, you're into business about, you know, making fun of your, your situations or laughing about stuff like that you've been through. You, you do need someone to be there to be your cheerleader.
0: Yeah, and they all can, um, almost all of them contributed stories, sometimes not under their own name. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but yeah, they, they all like
0: yeah they all contributed stories like my friend shannon contributed a story it's so funny she was in college and she worked at this italian restaurant there's this her favorite couple you know great tippers will come in and um they were this nice italian couple and they're like you gotta meet my son you know he's in medical school he's so sweet and she's like oh whatever so um one day she turns around and there he is and he's like beautiful this like she's like oh my gosh this beautiful med school student and she of course you know had this huge tray and she said the family's always like extra marinara like when you think you have too much marinara double it you know more we want bowls of marinara and she was had this you know giant tray of you know pasta and extra marinara and she caught she was looking at him so she caught her elbow on the corner of the bar and it was almost (laughs) like you know the world series pitcher she like pitched through this tray of them. and it's like <laughs> hot. There was an explosion, you know, they had oh, to no, the thing. whole thing professionally cleaned all on the carpet. And so she contributed that story is so funny. It was like, you know, funny things at work. Another Aww. fun, they were in a cubicle and their boss is like, hurry up and get this stuff printed. And, um, her, co-worker right next to her this guy was supposed to be printing it and she hears like clip 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 and she looks over and he has his shoes and socks off and he's clipping his Tony. oh god jesus can you not <laughs> and so it's just like the craziest things the craziest things and then you know one woman uh she's like there's a gift section people like give you the worst gifts a lot of them are mother-in-laws or whatever but they're like right they're not really particularly religious family and she gives every single person like sweatshirts with jesus and mugs with jesus And I'm just like, it just, real life is always the funniest. It really is.
1: It really is, because there's, I mean, there's somebody out there that will relay, and that's true. You do get a lot of gifts from mother-in-laws that you are you're like, what am I going to do? Like, it's still in the box. and I can't, yes, I can remember
0: my ex-mother-in-law, who I like very much. Uh, she's really nice. She got me a, it was like a porcelain iguana, <laughs> and what I'm like, so and she said, When I saw this, (laughs) I thought of you, and I'm like, I don't have any... Other reptile, you know, I don't what I don't You're like. Understand. What does she mean?
1: What is she trying Is this kind of we like have her both being nice?
0: Like, exactly. I'm like, I didn't even ask. I was like, all right. So, I remember I took it to the office and to tell the funny story. And one of the IT guys, he was real sweet and you know, kind of nerdy. and He's like, hey, I have uh, two iguanas, I'll put it in their cage. I like it. I was like, it's yours. It's, it's,
1: it's like the um, secret Santa. There you go. There you
0: go. Yeah, yeah. No, my, uh,
1: my ex's mom would. She, I would say she clothes, she had taste, but she sometimes would give me like really skimpy. Did you know that on Spotify you can listen to all of your favorite music and now you can listen to podcasts in one place for free? You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, especially the one that you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Premium users can download episodes to listen to while offline, wherever you are. And you can share what you're listening to your friends on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for My Ugly Truth Podcast on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure to follow me so you never miss an episode of My Ugly Truth Podcast. would give me like really skimpy crop tops and my ex is like one day I was wearing an outfit to our like we went on a cruise and he's like like where did you get that like that looks so trashy I'm like your mom got me this <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: oh my gosh that's awesome yeah
1: no and then she would give me like these big um like purses that like you know with the sling that goes across your chest and it's like really big rhinestones and heavy heavy stones on it with shells and I'm just like wow. this
0: is heavy but thank you (laughs) yeah oh my gosh on our show coming up November 20th we're talking about stress the stress of the holidays people get so stressed Uh. and freak out And it's just like, you know what? I'd rather somebody just make me homemade cookies than be stressed. I don't need a gift. You know what I mean? Like, just, I think the stress comes from, like, the approval of the family or
1: finally you know. meeting the, you know, the mom side of the family. And you're like, oh. No,
0: or it's like, you know, some people have very contemptuous, you know, contemptu- contempt you know what I mean, stressful yeah. relationships with their families. I'm from Appalachia. I can't pronounce everything, but um <laughs> they have uh, horrible relationships. And I'm like, just don't go. Like, why, yeah. if you really, it gives you so much anxiety, and then you get your feelings hurt, and then you're depressed, like just choose have a friendsgiving. Yeah. Have a friendsgiving with oh, people be, that you know, love send you. Your,
1: your your husband or your your guy like okay you can go and I'll see you later.
0: <laughs> I know. It's just like now that I'm getting, getting older I'm like I'm not spending time with people that are that are nasty to me.
1: Oh yeah, I mean you have to like prove Oh my god. What's your next thing that you're working on? You just working on that um that talk show with your Yeah, like, I'm your writing
0: a talk show. It's so everything that I've ever done, the books and my television show and doing all the press and all that. It's always been like how can I get attention to make this movie? It is, And now I'm finding out, you know, listening to actors, it's like sometimes it takes 15 years to get a film made. And I'm right. like, why? But then now I understand it's just a lot of it's timing and who's involved and, you know, what pieces, you know, what um, talents available and when. Connections. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree. And so that's my dream is to, like, do a funny TED talk that gets 9 million hits and, um, and be able to attract the right people to get that made.
1: And what do you want your movie to be about?
0: Well, I already written the movie, you know, years ago. So it's, um, it's the hashtag fake mom and oh, it's about okay. a, um, a single woman who works in the financial sector in New York. Like she's all business. Think of like Amanda Pete type character. Okay, yeah. And uh, she falls in love with a Southern gentleman with a bunch of kids and um, she moves to Georgia and she thinks, "Ah, oh, the ex-wife is going to handle these kids. And uh, the ex-wife takes off with Javier, the tennis pro. And so and her <laughs> husband's on a mission trip. So she's stuck, you know, in this like gated community in Georgia. You know, it's just like a fish out of water story. You know? Yeah, I know. Kinda I like of, that. Yeah. And kind of like if, if the stay-at-home moms, in a funny way, examining the stay-at-home moms' opinions of working moms and working moms' opinions of stay-at-home moms in a really funny way and how – you know, we're more alike than, than not. People are just trying to do the best for their families and people shouldn't be so judgmental about that.
1: Right. It's like putting like a city girl into the neighborhood of the desperate housewives show.
0: Yes. That's exactly what it is. It's going to be really funny. A woman, you know,
1: you're going to be judged.
0: (laughs) Yes. And she's like, there's one woman on there that she's obsessed with like Jamie from the outlanders. And you know, she's at Costco and she gets on a rowing machine and she has an orgasm on the rowing machine while she's looking at Jamie from the outlanders poster. So (laughs) it's just, um, it's, going to be super fun. So, That's awesome. uh, well,
1: I'm I mean, I'm sure you'll you'll get there. I mean, you you look like you've done a lot of good work and you've done this for a few years now, I want to say, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, yes. Like, it's tired. a hard business, isn't it? It's a hard yeah. it's a really hard business even though it's fun. It does eventually all of it becomes work. It, it's I can't think of any work that would be more fun. But it does, in fact, become like, dang it, how am I going to get this made? Right.
1: Like, I was just telling someone the other day, I was out at, you know, at a bar with my girlfriends, and they're like, get off your phone, whoever you're texting. I'm like, I'm working. I'm replying to emails. I'm trying to figure out what my episode's going to be about. I am Take trying to now. build an empire. <laughs> yeah, like, home. you don't see this because it's all digital, but like I'm doing something right now yeah the hours I put in weekly on my podcast is ridiculous yeah no I agree and did you always like like writing and and writing scripts books or did you just kind of get into that after comedy
0: no I um I was a corporate trainer so I had to write a lot of like sales manuals nothing (laughs) sexy and then I started volunteering um at my church as an actor, you know, like any Sunday you can see me as Moses or Jesus <laughs> or uh, <laughs> uh, grapes, like a, like a bunch of grapes. And um, and then they were so funny. I was like, who writes these funny little plays? They're so funny. And um, they said, oh, the staff does, you want to write for us, submit a writing sample. And so I started writing the little plays. That's and um, so that that's how kind of I got started in writing. And I, I was always a um, huge reader. I really read everything. I read modern literature. I read the classics. I read Mm -hmm. magazines. Like I love to read. And, um, you know, there's, I can't remember who said it, a famous writer and it was John Irving or Hemingway. It's like the best way to be a great writer is to, is to read all the time. Seeing the different ways
1: of um, yes. how you can write or explain things. And, you know, I would say I'm more good at verbalizing than actually writing because it's hard to put stuff, I guess, on paper. But if you're good at it, I mean, and you can learn different techniques in different ways, that's awesome. No, I, I, I agree. I have a friend who loves reading, and she's all about stuff like that. And I'm just like, I wish I could write.
0: <laughs> well, you can write. Well, my books read, like people say, they read like little Saturday Night Live vignettes. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. – it's so funny because when you're a writer, if you follow any writers on Twitter, they're always worried about their word count, word count, word count. I did 10,000 words. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not the way it is when you write film or Mm – you when you write film you if you can say it in three words don't say it in four because it's a show not tell medium right right yeah. and that's kind of how it is in stand-up comedy you, you don't want a big it's long grabber yeah yeah you can't you better have an amazing punchline if you're taking the audience on this long story so um that's kind of my style so that they're like really short little um you know essays and um mm-hmm. so you can pick it up and put it back down but that warm my heart when someone said that like oh my gosh I can just picture these being a Saturday Night Live skit they're so funny I'm like oh thank you oh I
1: know that's such a no I was just thinking that when you were saying that I was like oh this is Saturday Night Live because I know their stuff are all you know writers that are writing that that's awesome and and you know what like I said why not add it add a little humor into it when you can make someone smile or laugh or um something like that and I so from that you just um if let's just say when you do do this movie you want to just keep writing for movies and, and plays or
0: Yes, I would love yeah. to write another movie. My next movie that I'm writing is called The Tennis Trip, and it's based on loosely based on a true story um about 15 years ago, a group of girls and I started going on this tennis trip to the same place, Sandestin, Florida every year, every mm-hmm. year. And imagine what's happened in that 15 years, like, you know, people have had babies, people have gotten married, divorced, remarried, people have lost their husbands, people have lost children. Wow. And so it's like this emotional funny it's going to be a comedy but it's going to be about the true things that really happen to you and how you have to cling dear to your best friends because they're there for you regardless right. of what's going on or sometimes yeah. they're not you you t- you take a break from them and then you're ready you get your head out of your ass and then you're yeah. ready to come back you know i like
1: that no no i like that that's, that's true i mean i think us women we we need to support because you know sometimes our husbands or our boyfriends they get tired of hearing our our drama or our certain situation and women get us <laughs>
0: yes they do and it's just I mean you know that I think it takes us six hours to get there from Atlanta we laugh all the way down and we used to, like, when we were younger, we used to, like, take work, you know, clothes and go out and dance. And now we don't even – we take – we pack tennis clothes and pajamas. That's it. We don't even go out. We just – that's it. We pick up, you know, PF Changs oh, so and bottle of wine. Yes, and hang out and laugh. And, and it's um, – some of these girls I only see once a year at this at – because of divorces and moves and right. jobs. And so it's just like – Yeah, I'm the older excited. you get, they move away. Like, yeah. Yeah. I hope it's, you know – I just like feel good, feel good movies with a lot of hearts. You know, I'm attracted to that. So,
1: yeah, I enjoy that. I don't like scary movies. I like, um, oh, I hate scary know, movies. Or I like, yeah, and, if, and the, if the love movies are a little too cheesy, I don't really like it. If it's really, really unrealistic, you know, I'm like, eh, it's just too much. But um, the comedy yeah. ones, but with a little relatable content. Is always
0: good. Yeah. And it's not, um, you know, it's kind of like my bridesmaids really cracked the door open for women. And, um, yes. you know, that wasn't a love story, a love story. The love story was between the women, the love story. It's kind of like sex in the mm-hmm. city. The love story was between the women and the city, not, right. it, not, I mean, there was always a love story on the side or whatever, but I love that. I love that.
1: Main focus, yeah.
0: Women and women are making, because you know, a man would be like, no, you need a love, a love story in there but women men now are seeing like the studio executives are seeing wait a minute this works women go to the movies and groups and women will watch a movie about friendships of women yes. so um reese witherspoon and elizabeth banks and some of those filmmakers i mean you know they became producers because there was no role that they wanted to play yeah I, so no, they I had to write the witherspoon is
1: like she has a yeah. podcast and she has all you know, another company that she's doing too. Um, that. She I think she's selling something. But, yeah, she's just grown so much, too.
0: Yes. And uh, Jimmy Fallon's wife, you know, she's a you know, she's a producer with uh, Drew Barrymore. Yeah. So I think um, I think it's happening. Happen, believe it or not, I think Hollywood is making more women films than ever because they're seeing that they make money. The problem is I don't have an agent. And so you can't just, well, send to Hollywood. Even though I have an attorney, I don't have an agent. Right. So, right yeah. so if you're listening, <laughs> Tyler Perry, I'd like to make my movie in your beautiful studio. Hashtag, hashtag Tyler Perry, Angie. I will. Hashtag Tyler Perry. What would you want me to
1: um, name this episode?
0: Hmm, maybe something know. like everything is funny, dot, 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 eventually. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs>
1: one day. <laughs> and is there anything that, um, that you want to either close this with or anything that you want to mention about 2020? Oh, 2020, I feel like it's such a, like, year for everyone to be, like, new me, you know, because it's, like, 2020.
0: Yes, I'm going to put it out there, my good intentions. So, 2020, I'm going to have a, a TED Talk, I hope. And 2020, my film, Fake Mom's going to get made. You know, the yes. usual stuff, I guess, in closing. It's, like, on Twitter, I'm Amy Lyle, Instagram author Amy Lyle. Uh, my book's um, The Amy Benecker Chemist Lau Book of Fa- Failures, but if you just look up The Book of Failures on Amazon, you'll find it. It's also available on barnesandnoble.com and, and walmart.com. And the other book is We're All a Mess, It's Okay, and In the Burbs, the little show, <laughs> <laughs> um, In the Burbs, you can watch on uimediaapp.com or on our Facebook page, In the Verbs, and we love to hear from people because you know they always give us content ideas. They're like, why don't you talk about and box. write
1: good reviews, not bad ones. The bad ones, I, the, the fact that they write bad ones is like just go, go be miserable on your own. I
0: know, you know what, Angie, you're right. It's like I used to get mad, and now I'm like, where are you in your life where I'm doing something trying to lift up people, and you're being mean and hateful? Like, yeah, yeah. where are you, you are in a bad place in your life? And I do really feel sorry for you because that's so sad
1: right exactly and they say that too like with restaurants like people don't really go out of their way to write a good review they'll go out of their way to write a bad one so when you get those good ones you're like thank you so much
0: yeah it's the same isn't it if you love it or you hate it then you write a review. That's And I'm just so, so, so lucky that I have like literally 200, you know, good reviews. And then uh, it's so funny because one time, um, you know, my my books are essays. You know, they're like a hundred different stories. And someone wrote a review. They're like, I don't understand the story. Like, I don't understand the plot. There's no character development. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it was
1: like the story. They're they're, they're different. I'm like, yeah, they're no, short
0: stories, it. dude. But whatever. It's
1: so the funny. page.
0: Yeah. You just gotta t- you just gotta take the good with the bad. It's I'm, if you I'm, put I'm yourself out there.
1: To, I'm going to go on Amazon. I'm, I want to read your book. Cause I mean, I'm sure I can relate with a good portion of it. And, uh, if anyone wants to contact you, what's your email?
0: Um, you know what? they can go to my website, www.amylile.me and, um, just click on become my bestie or something and um send me an email yeah okay perfect
1: perfect all right well i'll put all that information there and thank you so much amy for being on this Um, but yeah thank you so much i i really appreciate you know being on this episode i wish you luck and i i'm sure you'll get to you know your movie and 2020 will be a good year (sighs) i hope so all right well thank you so much and have a great night thank you so much thank you okay
0: an unfiltered, uncensored, raw storytelling podcast. I'm tired and angry, but somebody should be. Welcome to another episode of my Ugly Truth podcast. Save me a piss.